In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the song that changed their lives. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and obviously, I'm on the cusp of losing my voice, so I'll keep it brief. In this episode, we'll be hearing from members of the Austin Afrobeat group Hard Proof. You may know them as the band that plays the This Song theme song, Mahout, which I used to pronounce as Mahout, and I still kind of think it should be pronounced that way, but like, that's neither here nor there. They just released a record on Austin's Modern Outsider Records called Stinger. And around the time that the record came out, they came to KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, to play Studio 1A, our lovely live performance space. And afterwards, I sat down with three of the members, Joe Willard, Stephen Bidwell, and Jason Frey, to hear about the songs that changed their lives and ultimately led them to be in this band together. So here they are, Austin's own. Hard proof. Of course, there's a lot of songs that have changed my life, but in terms of Afrobeat, um, one of the first songs I heard by Fela Kuti, uh, a song called Gentleman. What was striking was how effective it was without being pristine. It just wasn't a very, like, technically accurate sax player in some ways. But in other ways, he did do exactly what he wanted to do. You know, he wasn't the best all-around sax player, you know, if, if you're measuring on that. But for the music they were making, he was totally in command. His voice on his instrument is similar to his singing voice. And his singing voice you can see his compositional ideas, the way he phrases things on, on his instrument and the way he phrases things with his vocals. And it un- unfolds in a kind of orchestral sort of thing. I know be gentleman at all. I know be gentleman at all. I know be gentleman at all. Without doing all these jazzy tricks, you know, without, you know, tons of chords, a lot of times it's basically riding on one chord. Uh, 
There's a lot of rules that were broken in that music if you were approaching it from a jazz perspective, but in terms of feeling and um, just power, it was right on to me. So that caught my attention. So it was the difference between like, because especially in academic jazz, I think like tech, being, yeah, like technicality yeah. is really is really valued. It's and so it sounds like you heard something where like emotion and authenticity and right, like, right. Well, I mean, was at the core of it. I was around a lot of players at the time that were, you know, trying their best to say something with their instruments because ultimately that's the goal. You know, whatever technique you have, it's about saying something. And um, just hearing, like, Fela saying lots of things on many different levels, you know, um, with not the same kind of technical prowess that these guys have, you know, it told me that I could start making music right now, that there's no way, there's no reason to just wait until you can do this or you can do that. You just do what you can do. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. How about you, Steve? So, um... When I was about 12 or 13, I got a CD player for Christmas, and CD players were pretty new. And my birthday is shortly after Christmas, and my mom bought me a cream CD. In the white room with black curtains near the station. But this isn't, this isn't a classic rock story, because I returned the cream. <laughs> I returned the cream CD, and I bought uh, a Bad Brains album in a long box called you remember long boxes mm-hmm. it was in the long box i used to do you know why they had long boxes because of the record bins yes i just yeah, they found couldn't, that out like six never, months ago i don't know i remember cutting that apart and taping it up in my locker for a while but anyway it was it was bad brains attitude there's 20 something songs on that and it's like a 20 minute record <laughs> so everything is really scary fast <laughs> Except there's three or four reggae songs. For some reason, this this was like a, a hinge that happened into, I guess, full-on music geekdom. I mean, I could never dream to play as fast as uh, Earl Hudson, who's the drummer on that record. Um, and shortly after that, I started playing in like a hardcore band, which I know seems very far from hard proof or anything I've done since living in Austin. But, um, I mean, so I think in eighth or ninth grade, I played my first punk rock show at at the Reston Community Center, Reston, Virginia, where I grew up. And I don't know, it just sort of led down this weird road. It, it was just this thing growing up around D.C. that, like, you could be in a band and you could 
start a label. I mean, like Minor Threat and Fugazi, they were contemporaries of Bad Brains and they had uh, Discord Records. And I remember uh, it was just sort of a, an intro to this scene that, that was sort of the, this gateway to like you know, this thing that people could do. Like, you could get a van and you could go on tour if you were only 19. So was it was it the scene that you were into or did the music do something to you? Like, I mean, yeah, I always kind of liked, because I had sort of been into metal as well. And then, um, I mean, this just seemed like one harder than metal. But at the same time with Bad Brains, like, th- there's a really good... Uh, it's like 1982 CBGB show of Bad Brains, and it's when HR, their singer, is at the height of his vocal and gymnastic powers. It's like he can do these backflips, but he's just raging, raging in these 58-second songs. But then they have these two to five minute dub songs as well because if you're just going so spastic like that doing backflips on stage you got to chill out for a while (laughs) you know but um and all these these punks and these skinheads and people all loved it and i i mean that that kind of told me it was okay to have a duality like you can be into the punk rock but you can also do the the reggae thing mentioned name a song that just like kind of blew your socks off or whatever I was thinking of a Mulatu Azteque song um, off a record that he did with an English band called the Heliocentrics there's a song on there called A Ski to Dance tenor solo and it just like it was one of those like stop what you're doing and just give full attention to what's happening it a few times over and over and then I was reading the liner notes and I was like who who is this and I I read the liner notes I found this guy named Shabaka Hutchins uh, 
So I just looked him up and then I started finding all these other groups that he was in. And it was just one of those things where it's just like everything that he was doing resonated with me. And is he's totally my saxophone crush right now for like the last seven years or whatever. Uh, just like everything he's doing, I'm like checking out, and uh, that's it's it was refreshing because he he's got chops galore, but he's doing all these different things. Like he's got a a group with a synth and drums and sax. It's like a electronic dance band, and it's awesome. And it's called the Comet is coming. And he plays with a like a kind of. Middle Eastern, like, uh, rock dance group called uh, Melt Yourself Down. He's played with, like, the Sun Ra Orchestra when they're in Europe, and uh, he's got a, a group with two, two drummers and tuba and saxophone. Uh, called the Sons of Kismet. Like all these things that he was doing, either as a side man or his own projects, it was just like, felt like I could be playing that music too. And it was like a very validating thing to hear somebody else doing something almost exactly like you would like to be doing but not necessarily knowing that you wanted to do that yet what about that solo made you kind of stop and like what yeah it was yeah. uh it was just one of those things where it's like the the song was great everything i mean i love the i love that record so much it's definitely i think it's one of my top five records um but something just pulled in it was it was different it was his first solo on there so it was a little bit different from the other players that had been playing on there, and, but it was just, it came out with just fire right away. And um, another thing is the way that he just chose his notes. A lot of the Ethiopian stuff that I've really gotten into, they're, they're based around different pentatonic scales. So they're like based on different harps that they played, five, five note harps. And so that's where these scales would come from. And uh, so a lot of it is fit within those five, he kind of chose to like pull in uh, tonal ideas that jumped off of that, but but left that. So it was kind of a thing that's like, oh, you can, you don't have to just stick to this thing. You can bring in these other elements too. Just, and I didn't even know that was going on until I started like playing along and trying to learn some of the solo, you know? It's like, oh, this is what's happening, you know? And then, Pushing saxophone into new territory in a lot of what he does. In like, in some in some ways, I mean, there there are definitely horn players that are are doing things that are just like, oh wow, I didn't even know that was possible. And I, I wouldn't necessarily put him in in that category. Like, but he just like comes with, he's just got a belly full of fire. You know what I mean? And, he, and it's like not messing around. Even if it's like a real sweet song or something that he's playing, there's just like 
forceful directness to his playing that I really appreciate. Is that something that you look to do in your own work? Like something that you look to in, kind of infuse into what you're doing? It's something that makes me realize I'm not practicing enough. <laughs> You know, but yes, the short answer is yes, you know, it doesn't need to be the same way, but it's kind of like, you just get reminded when you hear, I get reminded when I hear a player that I really like, that it's like, this person's put in a, a ton of time to really hone in on their craft, and um, you can, after you've done it for a long time, you know, I've played for most of my life at this point, you know, and it's just like, you can get by with just playing, in a lot of situations. Yeah. And when you hear a player that's just like on another level, you either get discouraged <laughs> or it's like, hey, you know what? Like I really resonate with what you're playing. Like I'm going to continue to work on what I'm doing. It's not going to be what you're doing. But what you're doing showed me that I can also push myself to to do that, you know? Is it about like finding your kind of true like a true voice to speak with like because it sounds like no matter you said no matter what he's playing it's kind of him right? definitely so is definitely. that kind of what I think that it's what most players strive for and what few players have you know there are a few players through different generations where you you hear one or two notes and you're like that's so and so you know what I mean it doesn't matter if they're a sax player trumpet player guitar player singer you know you just hear and it's like that's them you know, and it's what like the rest of us, like myself, are trying to like find or or it's, you know, people are always like, you got to find your voice. I think it's more of like you have to allow your voice to be heard. And there's like as an artist or a musician, like there's so much insecurity that goes in this. And I'm always battling with that with myself. And I think that when I've been most happy with things that I've played, it's when I just don't allow that to be part of the equation. And this is Stinger from Hardproof's record of the same name. And the theme I heard running through these interviews was that so often we find inspiration by glimpsing our future selves in someone else's journey. Joe and Steven and Jason, all of them had these experiences where other people revealed to them what they wanted to do in their own artistic lives. And that happens all the time, right? Like sometimes you don't know what you wanna do until you see someone else doing it. If you wanna hear the full session that Hardproof did in Studio 1A, then head over to the show notes page for this episode at ktx.org. There you'll find that session along with audio from their guest DJ MyKUTX set and the Spotify playlist for this episode where you can hear all the songs all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interview was recorded by Cliff Hargrove. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram, and Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Thanks to Deidre Cott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hardproof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at thesongktx. You can like us on Facebook, and you can subscribe to this song 
along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.